Valley of Lex right about it. I'm your host, Lex J, and I am excited for y'all to be joining me for this last episode of Lawabi. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to say y'all don't know the joy that last episode brought me. Shout out to Stina for making that a great tribute to my hometown, Dallas, Texas. That episode really warmed my heart, and I hope y'all listened to it because it was lit, for sure. Okay, joining us today will be special guest Roy P. Roy P. is from West Palm Beach, Florida, and has served 20 years in the United States Marine Corps and is a leadership resilience and fitness coach. He leverages his life experiences to inspire his writing, coaching, and storytelling. Bringing on my cousin boss, my dirty dirty, yeah. <laughs> Roy P. Yeah. What'd he do? Yeah, good, good, good. I'm glad to be here yeah. to all my Florida men and women out there. What's good? Yeah. You know, represent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's, it's a great honor to be sitting here with you on your podcast. And, yeah. You know, and uh, watching your dreams and goals come to fruition, man. Yeah. yeah. real life is, is cool, man. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. So it's nice to, like, you know, be in this space. Yeah. Because we talk about it a lot at work. And in case y'all didn't catch that, this is my, my boss, but... We call each other cousin yeah, more than we say, yeah. you know, so my like cousin. <laughs> boss, you know? Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. People call you a boss, you make you want to, you know what I'm saying, low-key make you want to slap them <laughs> on your boss, okay? <laughs> okay. You catch in the park and watch the sun go down. Yeah. We're going to see what's good, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but y'all don't like that. Uh, my family, my cousin, you know what I'm saying, you know how, you know how we do. Yeah, real talk. I really appreciate you. Well, it's going to be a long episode, so let's get to it, yeah? Yeah, yeah? All right, we have a few questions just to, you know, loosen you up a little bit to get into the group of things. Tell people how you came up with your pen name, Roy P. You serious, man? Yeah. Now you come you on. Can be people that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So there I was in West Palm Beach, Florida, with uh, with some other at the time Florida boys, and we sit in my front yard, and um, we were young, and so everybody in our little clique. Had a nickname, you know. We had Black, had Uchi, and uh, had Kenny Mane, you know, you know. But it was me, my buddy Irvin, and Cassius. We didn't have nicknames, so we was thinking, okay, what's gonna be our names? All right. And my name is Roy Paul Small, and since I was young, my teachers used to call me when I was from school and daycare. They used to call me Roy P. I was like, okay, that's gonna be my name. Okay. And, and my buddy Irvin was like, okay, I'm going to be Mr. Irvin. And 
Cash is. It's, you know, it's like, okay, we're gonna call it Cash Money. So now we came up with our names. However, and this is a tricky part. So how do you make it? How do you make a, a street name stick? And it's kind of funny. So it's so okay. So listen, we gotta go get in fights. We gotta go get in street fights. And when you get in a street fight, somebody yells your name, and then the stick. Oh, but you gotta be winning though. You can't be getting swung on. That's why I call your name. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you get, you, yeah, you, yeah, you got swung on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for the over the next, yeah, pretty much over the next month, we just, and it is not that we was picking on people. We just, we just waited for somebody to disrespect us. Because typically we were mild, we were mild tempered, you know, and just like we would brush things off. But now we need to establish ourselves. So we just waited, and it always happened. Uh, you ain't nothing, you this, you that. What's good, then say something, I'm saying, do something. You ain't pop, 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 pop. Oh, it's not what be. Man, then it was stuck. Then my buddy, Cassius, got on, was on the bus, somebody running his mouth for Cassius. Hey, Cash, move, we'll swing on him. Swung on him at the bus stop. Irving got off the bus, swung on another dude, and it's just like, yeah, and we were So that's how I got my name. <coughs> The fighter, Roy P. Mm. Yeah, so. Out there fighting. Uh, mm. He's a changed man, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. He ain't yeah. fighting no more. Uh, no, no. He's a family man now. Yeah, I'm a lover and stuff. Yeah, all yeah. of that. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, what inspired you to start writing? You know? Anger, because can I tell you about it, how I was raised? So my dad raised me with an iron fist, right? Mm. And initially, when I started writing, I filled up a um, a notebook completely, front and back, with poems, and they they were they were vulgar and angry. It was like uh, I was that was my outlet, putting them on paper, and I gave it to one of my deans. Cause at this time, I had, I was kicked out of public school, I was put in a private school, I was going to a Christian school, where I started reading the Bible, I can't, I calmed down a whole lot, and I, my perspective on life began to change. However, I needed an outlet to get rid of that anger. So I started writing, and I gave it to the dean, Mr. McKenzie, and um, he read it, and I came back to get it one day, and he was like, I said, did you read it? He was like, yeah. I was like, can I have it back? He was like, no. Nah. I said, why not? He said, I bet you can't write one better. Now, at this point, all my anger has been released. So now I'm at this point of uh, serenity. So I became very, well, once I became, I was able to tap into my love, my empathy, you know, the, the lighter, brighter side of myself. So I wrote another one, and it was full of love and admiration, you know, and and I just became, in that moment, I just became a writer. And then again, I wrote a, I wrote another book, and, the, and I, told you this, I told you this story, right? Yeah. yeah. And the kicker to it is, so I wrote another book, front and back, a, a notebook, 80 pages, so it's like a 106, no, it's 200 poems, because I was taking napkins, anything I wrote, I put in there. I joined the Marine Corps, 
about a cupcake, you know, met this woman and I liked her and I gave her the book for her birthday. Two years later, I found an editor. There's this guy in North Carolina, I think I was. And he said, yes, yeah. He said, I introduce you. We can edit it. We can, we can make it into a, a, a paperback. And so I called her. I said, hey, you still have it? And she tells me, she hasn't seen me in, in two years now. And she tells me, she, she threw it away in a fit of rage because she was thinking about me one day. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool, got it. And it's just like, and so that's how I lost it. And uh, but the thing is that that ability I had to write when I was younger, I think it was came from. I think it came from a place of innocence. Because I was very, I was able to write very easily. Just by meeting people, I was able, able to write. Then I began, I came into the military. I began to travel, I began to learn who I am, I began to understand the world in different ways. You know, I began to understand myself in a different way. And to this day, I can still write, but I don't, I don't have that deep sense of love that I want to have. And I think that's what it, that's what enabled me to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I had a I had a a deep sense of pure love. Yeah. For traveling the world, having different relationships, meeting different people. You, not just me. I'm just saying this in general. You you will find yourself giving away your love in hopes that it will be reciprocated and refueled when but when it's not and your love is gone it's gone mm -hmm. you know yeah and and i began to learn at a young age it's like well i wouldn't say it's something i learned but i think it's something i began to understand i don't personally believe that human beings are capable of an infinite amount of love it's almost like when you love with all your heart and that and, it, and that relationship goes right, you can't do that again because because of memories, because of the trauma, because of the pain, things of this nature. Not to say you can't love, but when you dive deep into your heart and pour it all into someone, you can't do that consistently. You can love people, you can continue to love people, you can continue to want people, but a level of love that you were able to muster up in your younger years, as you get, as you get, become more experienced, you become older, you can't do it again because, you know, you're running out of love. And at some point in time, I want two things happen. You gotta understand that you run out of love and then you start to taper off much love you give out and you begin to you, you turn it into a love marathon instead of a love sprint or you don't understand that you're running out of love and you're running aimlessly through life like a dumbass <laughs> you know looking for love in all the wrong places and 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 you're not necessarily loving anymore you're simply infatuated with them but you've been running aimlessly for so long that that infatuation feels like love because that's what you associate it with. 
So in a very existential way, my inspiration for writing was love. Hmm. Damn. Never thought about that. Can you ask me that question? Love. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't even expecting that one. Neither was I. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, see, this is what this is what our conversation, our conversation always go like that. When yeah. We, when we be talking, it's like, you know, we go into a space to where it's like, we start, we, we start diving deep into ourselves and, you know, coming up with solutions and answers to questions that we never thought of. Yeah. You know, it's like the purity of that moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, what else? That was my inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, lover boy. Yeah. How do you plan to make a difference through your poetry or like in your case, like your writing or just, you know, your knowledge, just period, like whether it be writing, poetry. So, eventually, I do, uh, and I believe I can, because God gave me the ability to do it at one point in time. And I don't, and I don't feel like uh, he took it away completely, but it's, it's right a lot of dormant within me. I just need to unlock these things. So I do plan on writing a poetry book, basically. And I still, in my mind, I want it to be a coffee table book, something that maybe 95 to 125 pages that mm -hmm. sits on the coffee table. You can look at it, you know, send letters to your loved ones and things of that nature. But also, over the years, because I, because of the, the racism, hypocrisy, bigotry that I experienced while in the military, I was forced to become a leader. And at the time, I didn't understand what leadership was, and a lot of people still don't know is, but it was either had to put myself in a position where I had to follow them or put myself in a position where I was able to be appointed and given authority over them and I did that by becoming a leader so um, I also intend to write a leadership book for parents because in this day and age you look at the world look at the children there are so many parents that don't want to raise their children the way they were raised because their parents or our parents, they were raised different. And a lot of us grew up with something called an ass whooping, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people disagree with it because they don't, a lot of people just can't differentiate between, you know, a spanking and abuse. So therefore, like, you just don't do it at all. So now, you know, and, and, you know, that, the spanking thing, that was the easy button. And so now, uh, being that, that's not norm anymore, now the parents have to be leaders. And parents don't know how to be leaders. So you see a lot of parents becoming friends, calling their children buddy. It's like, and then when the child is disobedient, the child doesn't listen, the parent, I don't understand why I can't control.
control my child. I don't understand why my child won't listen to me. Because in your child's mind, you're not a parent. You're not an authority figure. You're a friend. Which means everything you say is optional. You may rant and rave and all these different things, but that situation, you created it by choosing to be your child's friend. Now, your children grow up into their 20s, things of that nature. By all means, that's when you become a friend because you spent the first 18, 20 years of their life raising them and teaching them and developing them into the person that they need to become in order to become an integral part of pillar of society. I, I get that, but mm -hmm. there's a lot, I see a lot of parents right now with their children and they don't know how to lead their children. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, and me personally, it's mind boggling because of the life I live. And, the, and my, my experience in life is very simple. And I remember when, when Shanique was pregnant with Sydney, everybody was like, they just asked me, are you worried about being a parent? Are you, parenting is hard. And I said, tell them, no, it's not, man. Being a, being a parent is, is not hard. When, in my experience, I dealt with adults that would go out and do something illegal, do something wrong, and when I ask an adult, why did you do that? They would tell me that I call it the million dollar answer. Mm -hmm. Now, when a child <laughs> does something, and I ask a child, why'd you do that? And the child tells me, I don't know. I can accept it from a child. Guess what? That child doesn't have the wisdom and experience of the world. That child only knows what that child knows, which is a very limited amount of information in a confined environment. So now, what are you looking at? This child isn't being disrupted. This child isn't being bad or, or, or misbehaving. This child is exploring. This child is trying to learn. And instead of turning those situations into teaching moments, Oh, my child is so disruptive. My child is this. My child is that. Why don't you take a Why don't you take a breath and take a step back and and, 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 and get out of your world and get into theirs, you know? And so the world of America needs books on parent leadership, not just parenting, but specifically parent leadership. I think that's my niche. Well, leadership in general is my niche, but I think uh, writing to parents and explaining to parents, this is how you this is how you lead and develop a child. I think it would help a lot. So to answer your question, that's how through writing, uh, put my put my knowledge in, on books, this podcast, you know, that's how I intend to help uh, influence the world. Circumstances change while others remain the same. A coverage of events make us who we are, who we want to be. Not always the case. Take us where we want to go, hardly. People come and people go. With each one, we gain or lose part of ourselves. Progression or regression, you decide. 
Do you really? Or do you try to survive mentally? People are born and people die. Emotionally attached to our perception. Physically attached to the moments. Hearts break and hearts mend. Love, lust, or trust. Choose one. Compromise is how we manage. Regardless of the damage, we want it. We need it. We crave it. And damn it, we live it. Life. Any grand? What's up? Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Facts. First and foremost, I want to say, when you first told me that you was writing poetry, I was like, nah. <laughs> just like looking at yeah. you, this big, strong dude that's been in like the Marine Corps, military, like all this. You just, yeah, I write poetry. Yeah. Nah. No, you don't. And I think this is the first piece you yeah, ever read yeah, to me, actually. Yeah. And, and I, really, I was I like, got it. I was like, okay, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You was like, hold on, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you. And I was like, whoa, like, hold on, you was really writing. Your pen was pinning a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay. Just, just a smidge, just, just a smidge. You know, and that's all it takes, though, you know. Yeah. It, don't, it don't take much, but a smidge to write something very meaningful and impactful. To like carry you such a long way because you wrote this like how long ago? Three years, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Jeez. Yeah, and it's like, how much of this can you still apply like to today? All of it, man. Right, like, and that's all that matters. Like when you sit down and that that pen or that pencil connects to that paper, it's like. Okay, am I about to write something that's gonna mean something or am I gonna write something that I'm not really gonna care about in the next two minutes? Mm -hmm. And either one is fine because mm -hmm. it's like whatever you need to release, you need to release it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's like those moments where you have that you write a piece that carries you on until year after year after year, you're like, this is, that feels good. You know, you have that moment of like, wow, I, I wrote this and even when I have these moments, I know I can refer back to this moment, read this piece, and then I'm either good or I'm not. And if I'm not, then next step, you know, next next solution, you know, what else can I do? So, yeah, I think think a smidge is just the right amount. You know how you know how black people when we cook, we don't really put like a certain amount unless we have something that we need to really follow instructions by. But if not, then it's like oh, a tea. A handful of sugar, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like a, a smidge of this, a smidge of that. So it's like, yeah, a smidge carry you a long way. And I love this piece because, like how you say, you wrote it like four years ago. And like, even me reading this right now, I didn't know you four years ago. You know what I mean? I just met you last year. But even now, today, this fits, you know, not just your life still, but it still fits my life. Like, I'm reading it and it's like... 
hearts break and hearts mend, yep. <laughs> you know? And it's like, just because it's not always romantic heartbreak, like, people go through heartbreak, you know? Mm -hmm. Last year, I went through some pretty tough heartbreak, and it wasn't romantically, but it was like, friend after friend after friend, you know, like, heartbreak right there, you know? So it's like, everything that you're saying in here is like, somebody can pull from this and say like wow i can connect to this and i think like that's really what i was aiming for in this podcast like for people to come on and share their art be vulnerable but also you know leave just a little bit of a piece for somebody else to come and say like hey i connect with that i relate to that that resonates with my life okay i could take this and this can help me along my journey mm -hmm. you know and i think that's the first step to this um to building community you know we talk a lot about building community and helping our own before extending that arm that hand to you know someone else and it's it's like you know no no offense to them but it's like you know we're the only community or one of the only communities where it's hard to get us to work together yes. you know yeah. And so um, that's also something that I want to build with this podcast as time goes on. It's community, you know, um, just people helping out, you know, listening in, joining in, even if it's it, it has nothing to do with you. Like some people may think like, oh, pain has nothing to do with me. But listening to this first season can literally change another person's life, yes, you, you know, yeah. so it's like. That's what I want this podcast to be, community, and I think this is a first step, you know, having people come on and share their art, but also create that space for someone to say, like, I can apply this to my life, you know. Thank you for helping me. Yes. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, it's all good, man. I appreciate you I having me on here, man. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what state of mind were you in when you wrote Life? Life. It ain't had like um, as I grew in the military, it became. The only after a while, the only thing that became challenging about the military was the personalities, the people, you know. The person, like I had commanders or senior senior enlisted individuals, they gotta make it amazing or make it drastically terrible because they underhand they back. Backstabbing, just terrible, man. Just like in the private sector, you know. But you really don't expect that in the military because everybody's indoctrinated, everybody's trained a specific way, and the expectation is that everyone forms to a higher standard, but you don't, you know. Mm -hmm. You got weak sauce in the private sector, you got weak sauce in the military. You know? mm -hmm. Anyway, during that time, I was going through a lot of things in my, in my, in my personal life, you know. trying to figure out because when when something becomes challenging before and when I say challenging relationship wise 
before I look at the other person, I was looking at myself and trying to figure out how can I become better? What am I doing wrong to make this person treat me this way, to make this person act this way? What am I doing wrong? And during that time, I, uh, the unit I was with, we had a psychologist that was assigned to our unit specifically. Now she was sitting in her office. You can make an appointment with us or you could just walk in. If she don't have appointments, she would literally, literally give you her time. Because mm -hmm. that's why she was there, you know? So I was talking to her. She's helping me unravel a lot of things within myself, helping me understand why I think the way I think, why I act the way I act. Helped me. And I guess the biggest way she helped me, she helped me decipher books that I would read. Because you know I'm big on self-help. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, always, I don't like tethering myself to somebody for my development, you know? So, and she helped me to understand and decipher the literature I was reading. And so when I was going through that, you know, you start to realize that just maybe, you know, you're not the problem. And when you come to the realization that you've done everything that you can to make this thing right, to make a relationship best that it can be, and it's still turbulent, then you become heartbroken. Then you become sad. Because now you have to make a decision. Do you sacrifice this thing and burn it down? bury it and rebuild or do you persevere do you withstand the pain do you endure in hopes that it will get better and at that time that's where I was at that um, at that fork in life at the time yeah. and uh, <laughs> And so that's when, that's when I wrote it, you know. And when I wrote it, it, it almost was like it helped me to make a decision that put me where I am today. Because, you know, when you have a, a overwhelming sense of emotion and you have no outlet to balance that emotion or you have no outlet to regulate that emotion, it will overcome you no matter how logical you are. Because you know, I, uh, I consider myself to be a stoic. But the only reason why is because I've learned that, again, just like I told you, like stoics aren't without emotion. It's just stoics learn to manage their emotions. And one of the biggest part to manage your emotions as a stoic is creating outlets for yourself. If it could be one or a hundred, however many outlets you need to manage, to effectively and efficiently and ethically manage your emotions, that's how many outlets you create. So, so when I wrote it, it was an outlet, you know? And we had been, we had been training in the desert for almost 30 days at that point. I was tired, I was cold, I was dirty. And in that moment, none of that mattered because of the heartbreak and mental anguish that I was experiencing. The physical, the physical pain I was going through, the physical discomfort, it was like, 
I acknowledge it, but it was always like I was I was being pulled inward. And that dragon that flies around in my chest was chained to the side of a mountain. He couldn't fly free. He couldn't enjoy his freedom. He was chained to watch all the fowls and all the lesser animals fly to the sky and his beautiful, magnificent demon was chained to the mountain and he cried. He cried and cried because he couldn't break it. He couldn't break the chains. He had to make a decision. me I feel that you know having something inside of you and having it chained and not being able to release it and you know yeah. I feel that yeah. and I'm glad you know you had writing as an outlet to release it so you was able to capture that feeling you know that you were feeling at the time mm -hmm. so that you can always go back to that place and Remember how you feel, and if you ever are feeling that way again, you know you have something that'll pull you out of it because you know you you have that memory for one. It'll never let you forget that you can come out of that, but also you have you know this peace that lets you know like, hey, I can I can come out of that, you know. You know the funny thing about this, right? When I write, I leave it. I have, thank God, I had the ability to leave it on that paper. I didn't know, well, I, didn't, I, I, I knew I had the poem, but I forgot what it, what it was about mm -hmm. until I showed you. And then when I showed you, it's like, huh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember how I felt. I remember why I was feeling that way. I knew what I was going to. You know, so. So, you know, it's like, because I actually don't want to remember. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to remember heartbreak. I don't want to remember, you know, uh, pain that I experienced because a relationship I dealt with someone else. Uh, it's like, most like, the pain that you can't control. You can control mental pain. You can control physical pain to an extent, but it's still, you still have some when it comes to emotional pain, you have no control over it. And to remember it and constantly experience it over and over again, it puts you in a state of helplessness. And you have you you have nowhere to go. No matter who you talk to, no matter what you write, no matter what you drink, no matter what you smoke, snort, shoot, whatever, you won't get it. And so, and that's why I say, I thank God I'm fortunate enough that when I write about my pain, in most cases, I'm able to leave it on that paper and allow that paper to carry that burden, allow that paper to absorb that pain. So, 
so that's not to say that some people, you know, re relive it. I'm just saying, me specifically, me personally, I didn't know what that poem said <laughs> until I said I showed it to you. It's like, damn. Yeah. And all these things I'm telling you right now, all these things were buried and forgotten about until you asked me. Yeah. And so that's why they're so visceral right now because I don't when I when I revisit moments in my life upon request, I dive deep into them because you know, it was something that I buried. And if somebody's asking me about it, like somebody done cool with like you. If you are asking me <laughs> specifically about that thing, you're asking me for a reason. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's almost like it's my opportunity not only you know what I'm saying let you know something about me to help you or to form you you know this is also an opportunity for me to let it go to confront it to conquer it to beat it to overcome it Jack yeah so yeah yeah that's what's up yeah yeah that's what's up you ain't give me a pound yet every day that way it's cool I give you a hug when we walk through okay alright no, it's good. That's the kind of pain I'm talking about. <laughs> You're doing so good. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, um, why do you feel like this specific piece you wanted, you know, to share with the listeners, to share with, you know, with everybody to believe is like, your stamp on this podcast because you told me like um, <laughs> what you always <laughs> said I told you something no, 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 I listen to people I listen to people when they, when they talk to me you know what I'm okay, okay. <laughs> I use this piece you know because you told me when I asked you I said hey what's this uh, season about you it's like pain remember we was right there I was sweeping mm -hmm. I said what do you mean pain but what kind of pain? Look, man, pain. Like, whatever you want to talk about, pain. All right, all right, all right. You know, and uh, and then, but you also later on, you also talked to me about things that young people hear. Yeah. They going wild, right? This Friday night. Then my babies, y'all better leave yeah. them alone. Yeah. Max up there running. Yeah. And so you know, you was talking about pain, you know, and uh, and you start talking about. The pain that people experience, the mental pain, you know, the physical pain. And you spoke specifically about younger people. And you know, I believe in the youth. And the youth are our future. And what you put into them is what you're going to get out. You know? And so, I want to talk about something that not only was going to help them or help you all, but also I needed something. I needed to read you something in this conversation to engage the deeper parts of myself, to give you all of myself in this moment for this specific thing. Mm -hmm. And that piece is why. Because, well, like I said to you, I, re I didn't remember what it said until I showed it to you. Yeah. And, um, and when I read it again, it's like, yeah, I'm just going ahead. I'm just going ahead and get butt naked and put, it, and put it all out there, you know. And so that's why I read. That's why I read this because there's somebody out there right now, you know. Granted, this being recorded for me to release, let y'all know what I mean. 
There's somebody out there right now listening to this that's going through a terrible thing in their life, whether it's their work, whether it's mental, or spiritual, whatever it's, whatever it's going to be. And right now, as they're listening to this, they don't know if they're going to make it. They don't know how they're going to make it. Things seem impossible. Things seem terrible. Things seem hard. But I will tell you this. No matter how bad things are, you always have a decision. You notice I said it in the beginning, right? I wrote this when I was at a fourth year old. I had to make a decision. And that decision, as I said, put me where I am right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I wanted to give you all something. I wanted to give your listeners and your viewers something to not, you know, necessarily think about me, but remember me. I want to give them something that's going to make them, it's going to make you all think about you. And so, you know, all those things that you hide and that you run away from, they become the very chains that secures your dragon to that mountain. And most people wallow in their sorrows. They throw pity parties. They feel sorry for themselves. They want somebody to come save them. But the the savior is right there within you. The great architect of our universe give you all the power that you need to overcome these obstacles. Give you all the power that you need to persevere, to endure, to overcome. But you must make the decision to do it. If you don't make the decision to do it, then guess what? You ain't going to do it. And then what happens? Well, it's this person's fault. Is that person's fault? If that if that didn't happen, this I would be here. If that didn't happen, that then negative. You made a decision, and that decision put you where you are now. So I needed to read something that will put me in a mental space that will enable me to put everybody else in the same mental space that I'm in at this specific moment. To not make it about me, but to make it 100% about you all. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I chose that right there. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it, you know, being somebody, you know, who is young and, uh, you know, a, a young adult, but also... Having almost daily conversations with somebody who still understands what it's like to be 25 but also has the wisdom and understanding you know of what it means to be in your age group as well and to also give wisdom and advice um you know like leading up to those ages and to that to that time in my life you know because you're old a little bit so you can tell me, you can tell me a little bit of stuff, like, no, but for real, like, you know, just having somebody who can relate, but who also isn't just like, you know, I know everything, like, yeah. listen to me, because, like, when we talk, we talk, you know, like, it, it's not just like, you're sitting and telling me, like, a bunch of stuff, too, like, sometimes you just, you asking me questions, and it's like, we go deep into conversations, yeah. and then we end up on the other side sometimes, so it's like, it's nice to have that 
you know, that figure of like, I have all of this wisdom to involve, but also what do you know about your times that I don't quite know, you know, from when I was there, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's great to have that, you know, yeah. that old person to talk to. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but I really appreciate it because we do, we do dive deep. Sometimes, yeah. like sometimes it, we just be like, "Hey, what's up? What you do this weekend?" Yeah. You know. But then sometimes we really do like dive deep, like into different matters, like you know how we were talking about recently helping out the community. You know, kind of, kind of how we gotta gatekeep some things, mm-hmm. almost. You know, or how we should. Um, some things should just be left. You know, into in our specific community but we'll talk about that a different day yeah you know that yeah. might be a later series yeah. for Lex write about it you know but yeah. that'll be all for today we won't dive into that today because yeah. <laughs> it will escalate quickly yes it will because <laughs> we get real passionate yeah. when we start talking about our people yeah. and our community like so how we get here it's like listen Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk. I'm yeah. just, I just want to talk. Yeah. yeah, so we'll leave that for another day. Yeah. Yeah. But for today, um, I thank you for coming on and sharing, you know, your, your piece, your art, a piece of yourself, you know, and um, especially your reason behind it, you know, wanting to help the younger community, help us out, you know, drop off a piece of wisdom as you are, as you're here, you know, you're leaving something, so. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, man. Always, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before you head out, don't forget to shout out your socials or any projects you're currently working on. So, the only um, social media, well, I'm on LinkedIn uh, for, for people on LinkedIn. So, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. If I can help you and I help you, just don't throw dirt on my name when I recommend you to somebody. Um, my other social, I have a Facebook page, I don't want her too much. And my Instagram is RPM Fit Strong, which is my uh, brand name. Uh, as Alexis said in the beginning, I'm a leadership, life, resilience, and fitness coach. Uh, I have posts on my Instagram page, and I've been thinking about creating weekly, what do you call those things? The videos you put on there? Reels? Yeah, reels. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking about creating weekly reels, but you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, I just, I have to give it the fact that it's not being bolsters and just helping people, you know, and because I want to share my knowledge, and so I have 192 great followers right now, you know, it's good, you know, 191, I think it is, and you know, if, uh, I, I always told myself I feel more followers than I do, you know. But mm. I may just do it anyway because you know, it's to put knowledge out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so I just started working, and uh, so I don't have any projects at the moment right now that I'm that I'm working on. But um, you can go to my Instagram page, you know, follow me, shoot message on there, and you need help with something. What you call it? It's called DM, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? Oh. Yeah. Alright, go ahead and DM me. Let's <laughs> say dropping the DMs, right? Yeah. Yeah, dropping my DMs. You know what I'm saying? 
and uh, and I help you, man. Whatever you whatever you need, I, you know. I shoot you information, uh, workbooks, whatever, man. You know, I got you. And um, I um, created a podcast myself. It's called What Did It Take? Where it's very similar to what um, Lexi's doing here. You know, reaching out and trying to build community where. A lot of my friends from back home and friends I made now, they're successful, they're entrepreneurs, they're engineers, and we talk about what did it take for them to get there. Because there are a lot of people in our community that want to be business owners, that want to be engineers, that, that want to work in the Pentagon, that want to join the military, they want to do a lot of things, and it's not that they lack the ability or the willingness, they lack resources and simply know-how. Yeah. And so that's what I that's what I want to do, ask a bunch of successful people in our community, like what did it take for you to get there? What were you thinking? What was your inspiration? And so just please go out it's on Spotify and it's on it's on another platform, but I know it's on Spotify. So. It's on Apple Podcasts as well. Yeah, it's on Apple Podcasts as well. <laughs> you know? And so uh and uh hopefully I'll start season two here soon with uh Alexis. And Alessia and uh, Ariel producing it, you know, and then we'll get we'll get back at it yes. and put more content out there for you all, and you know, to not and like I said, just keep in mind when you listen to these things. If I didn't tell tell you how to live your life, it's just suggestions, you know. Yeah. Just a suggestion. That's all it is. Because you can. Because none of us where we are, we ain't even supposed to be. We were supposed to achieve this, but here we are. Thank God. And to the best of our ability, we're going to reach back and give and pull and push and raise and lift whatever we need to do. And so, yeah. His IG is at R-P-M-F-I-T, strong, S-T-R-O-N-G. RPM Fit Strong. You can go and follow him on Instagram or you can follow him on Facebook at Roy P. Moore. Or you can find him on (laughs) or you can find him on LinkedIn at Roy P. Moore. It will also be in the description. Well, Roy, I appreciate you for joining me on my podcast. I am so happy we had a chance to connect. Well, we always have a chance to connect, yeah. but I'm happy we had a chance, you know, for listeners to hear our conversations and how we can dive deep into those and how I can actually not be the one talking all the time because my friends always say that I talk a lot and I'm always yeah. the one talking. So, haha, y'all can see that I can sit and listen and take in some wisdom. Ha. So y'all know that was set up, right? She put me on her intentionally because she know I do. I'm the guy. Like she, she'll start. She'll start a conversation and just let me run my mouth. Will I will? So, so yeah. Yes. Right, I appreciate you and thank you. Thank of you course. for having me on. Thank you. You know. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to walk this journey with you. Thank, thank you for thinking of me the way that you do. And last and sure not least, outside of me, you know, you caring for our children. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really appreciate that. Of course. I appreciate you.
Ladies, gentlemen, and my non-binary peeps, you know what that sound means. It's time for listeners write about it. Today's question is brought to you by my favorite six-year-old in the whole wide world, Miss Sydney Moore. Say hi, Sid. Hi. And Sydney, do you want to tell the people one fun fact about yourself today? I can do a coffee with one hand by myself. Ooh, that's big girl status right there. High five. Yeah. And what's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Ooh, I like blue too. Okay, you want to ask the people the question of the day? The question of the day is, what's your favorite movie and why? Y'all heard her. What is your favorite movie and why? That's a great question, Sid. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is the Teen Titans movie. Ooh, yes, it is. We watch that movie a lot. <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking the question of the day. I'll see you later. Okay. Okay, high five. Peace. Well, good people, that's all for this episode and the first season of Let's Write About It. Thank you all for listening. I thank you to the amazing poets we had in both LA and Dallas. Um, thank you to our special guests, question askers. Thank you to every listener who subscribed, shared the podcast, commented, and participated in our growing listening community. We would love to hear some of your favorite moments from today's episode and the entire season. If you want to stay connected with all things Lawabi, you can follow our Instagram at lawabi.podcast and our Facebook page at Let's Write About It. They will also be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share to keep up on all things Lawabi. I am your host, Lex J, and as always, love, peace, and poetry. Until next season, I'm out!